it feels weird to say it in the middle of November, but it kind of feels like the Predators are in must-win territory heading into their game against the Calgary Flames tonight. Preview that game plus a roster move yesterday, maybe a predictor of some future additions to the Preds roster. We'll talk about that today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free Nashville Predators podcast that is available on all platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor on thefortcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Let's start with something that makes us feel a little left out, Ann. Mm-hmm. We're both... Uh, Marvel people. Huge. Uh, we huge. Both, we both like comic books. Love. Uh, Deadpool maybe buying the uh, Ottawa Senators, <laughs> it sounds like. Uh, according to Ryan Reynolds, apparently interested in buying this end. So, uh, yeah, Nashville, you're not the only city that can pull out some random star power for your organization. I mean, look. First of all, if he got involved in game day experience, 100% here for that. You know they're going to be serving new Amsterdam vodka left and right for, at the Ottawa Senators games. But just be aviation gin. Or aviation gin, not new Amsterdam. Oh, my goodness. My bad. That's my bad. That's why I don't do commercials for him. Um, but just how fun would it be to get somebody like that involved in like the game day experience or just in hockey in general? Because you know what? This is one thing I will say, and it, I think it's true probably in several professional sports leagues, is it's kind of hard sometimes to get a breath of fresh air in there. Like you kind of keep the same people generating very similar ideas. Bring in a little Deadpool, friends. Yeah. Bring in some Deadpool and let's see what happens to hockey in Ottawa. Cause I'm here for it. Have you, uh, have you seen welcome to Wrexham? I have, I've just seen little bits of it. I haven't been able to sit down and watch all of it, but it is what I have seen of it. I've, I've been super intrigued by. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched it? Like, oh yeah. That's like yeah. one of my favorites, but yeah, that's, that's your the, jam. That's like my, the same, uh, it's like the same thing. Like him as an owner, like, I feel like, you know, he's got so much personality and stuff like that. So I feel like that would be like a, uh, a good predecessor, you know, just probably also bring a lot of, uh, a lot of eyes to, to the Ottawa senators too. And they yeah. got a fun young team. So, I mean, Hey, that would be something. Okay. So which Marvel character would you want to buy the Nashville predators? Like, who would you want to be in charge of the Predators if you could pick any of them? A, a character or an actor? Character or actor, either one. I'm char Let's go character first, because I'm very curious as to, like, what Marvel vibe you would want for the Predators. So, I mean, character. I mean, Captain America would be the logical choice, wouldn't he? Because yeah. he's, like, the, the Boy Scout and, you know, yeah. culture the way it is. Like, he's going to be there and he's like, no, this isn't the right way. <laughs> Captain America, like the subtle Captain America impression. It wasn't very good, but who cares? No, I, I picked uh, it up. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. 
I picked it up. Okay, what actor? Which Marvel actor would you want to be in charge of the Nashville Predators? It's got to be like, oh, dude, for for vibes, like absolute vibes only. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's got to be like Robert Downey Jr. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Plus, he's got to be the one that's going to invest the most money because he probably has the most money from Marvel. Yeah. I don't know. I bet. I bet. Uh, Captain America, dude. Well, Chris Evans. I don't think he's probably hurting. Oh no! I mean, he's got so much. He had a little bit of that Fantastic Four money from back in the day. That's true. If he was sitting on that. Yeah. 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 It's on pure vibes. I mean, if if like the new, there's apparently like a new like Marvel Fantastic Four coming out. Mm -hmm. Brzezinski's in there, and he's a hockey guy, so maybe that's something cool. Uh. God, I'm just like going through. There's like, feels like every actor is linked to Marvel now. Yeah. If they're lucky, they are. If they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, you know so who's jealous. not, you know who's not lucky, Anne? Gee, who? <laughs> the Nashville Predators. There you have it. They have played eight games since coming back from the Global Series in Prague. They have won. One of those eight games, uh, big slide, one of the worst season opening slides uh, in team history to start the season. Uh, we're, we're getting into that record-breaking territory at this point. And they have the Calgary Flames tonight, mm. a team that the Predators have also had uh, a little bit of uh, problems with. Over the past uh, couple of years, as they've kind of worked to rebuild themselves, a, a much different Flames team than in recent years, but uh, but still very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, Calgary, you heard the beginning of the offseason, and then when, you know, Johnny Hockey went to Columbus, you thought, oh, those poor Calgary Flames, back to, back to square one. Yeah, they don't think so. I mean, they have Nazem Kadri, they have Jonathan Huberto, they brought those guys in, they still have Manjipani, they have, I mean, good grief, you could literally, as I was looking at their roster, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do you just have a throwaway guy that we could pick on tonight? Do you just have just some yuts that you're throwing in the lineup that gives us some hope? And here's the truth. They really don't. Like, this is a this is a decent Calgary team. And what is super, super scary about this Calgary team is they play so much like Edmonton that this is like the sequel yeah. to Tuesday's game. And Nashville, as a main character, is going to have to do something totally different in this choose-your-own-adventure if they want to get out of this alive. Because this this team does so many of the things that tripped up Nashville against Edmonton. Calgary does so many of those same things this season. So it's this, this is just one where you're like, okay, I mean, we'll try. Let's see. I don't know. It, but it does feel must-win to me. So, I mean, I, I think you're right. It feels it feels a little must winish. It does, because it, not in the sense of, hey, if a loss is going to like knock them out of the playoffs, obviously, but it feels must win as if, you know, the Predators don't at least kind of turn the tide in these next couple of games. Uh, it feels like there are going to be changes beyond just a couple of lineup tweaks. I mean, 
it, it feels like, I mean, I, I don't want to be dramatic or anything. And I truly mm -hmm. believe, you know, because a lot of the talk is centered around John Hines. Right. That sort of thing over the past little bit. And, you know, we talk about players needing to play themselves out of slumps and everything like that. I think I think John Hines deserves a chance to coach himself, um, you know, and coach the Predators out of a slump right now. But I do think that, you know, if, if they – don't improve this road trip you know even if they like win you know maybe a game here or there and they come out of this kind of looking like they did at the start of the Edmonton game where they just looked confused where it just looked like you know they they weren't really playing to any particular identity other than let's be bulls in china shops mm -hmm. I think you do and I think you have to come back from that extra long road trip and be like we got to do something to salvage the season because what, do you, because what because, do you think it's going to be though? I mean, because everybody's saying it's got to be Heinz. It's got to be Heinz. And I'm like, y'all, well, what else could it be? I don't know, but like, I don't you, think we're trade? there yet. I just don't, I don't think we're at fire Heinz yet. And no, I know I'm not, I'm not saying we are right now, but I'm saying if you get out of this road trip mm -hmm. and the Preds are still as bad as they've looked thus far this season, that conversation has to start. 15 games into the season, you think we're at Fire Hines conversation? But he, but here's the thing, Anne. Like, the Predators invested a lot of money mm -hmm. in the offseason into going for it. That was the message from David Poyle. And it's like, look, we're not going to be, like, the team that wills their way to in the postseason and, you know, fizzles out in the first round. Like, right. We're going to try to be a contender. They made some moves to get there. And if the Predators are off to – uh, what would be, you know, a record, a poor start to the season. And, you know, a lot of these bigger name guys aren't performing. It goes back to what high or what David Poyle said when he fired Peter Laviolette, mm -hmm. he's like, I got to fire the coach because I can't, can't fire, fire the roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what yeah. like, uh, clearly like, you know, he's not the only problem, but what are you going to do? Trade Roman Yossi? Like, are you going to fire Roman Yossi for underperforming this season? No. You got to no. get something else in there. I just, my thing with the whole Fire Heinz conversation is, first of all, I just from a purely philosophical standpoint, I'm like, I disagree with the theory that you fire Heinz. I also understand that from a practical standpoint, mm -hmm. that's the, that's kind of the biggest, um, that's the biggest statement move that a GM is, can, can logically make at some point in the season. My hitch in the giddy up for me is that 15 games in, you know, we finished this road trip, we're 15 games in. If the Predators have a really, really bad run, you know, 15 games in, that seems pretty early to call it. Sure, but what happens if you wait? What happens if you wait, you know, 30 games in? Yeah. All, and then all of a sudden you're still as bad and now you have a bigger hole to dig yourself out of. I just wonder if you bring in, so say you fire Heinz and you bring in another coach, is another coach going to be able to coach the team out of what the issue is quickly enough to turn that around to salvage it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yeah. in some ways yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know that it's going to benefit the team this season. This early to do it this early in the season. I just what when when, when would you when would you make that call? Like I think you've gotta go. I think you've gotta go like 25, 30 games in. 
because if you're 25 or 30, and I get that at that point, you're in for a penny in for a pound. Like so I get that. Like, yeah. I would say December, January. Right. Yeah. Then that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm just it. not you at may, like, you may not, you may not pull the trigger in December, but if the predators are this bad, like at the end of this road trip, you yeah. have to at least be like, this is going to be a realistic possibility. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think you have to have, it's got to be on the radar. I just don't think we're trigger ready at 15 no, games sure. in. Yeah. yeah. Sure. No. And I, I also do don't philosophically there. agree with firing John Hines, which I know I am the minority apparently on social media. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, that seems like a difference. That's a whole nother podcast, friends. Like I said, like I will I will end it with this. Like I said earlier, like I think players deserve to play themselves out of mm -hmm. slumps. I think John Hines, based on what he's done with his team already, deserves a chance to coach himself out of this slow start for the Nashville Predators. Uh, it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, if this doesn't get turned around soon, those questions are about his future are going to start getting louder. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the game at hand, because speaking of changes, it sounds like there's going to be some roster changes for the Nashville Predators. Who do we want to see up on the roster? We'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to mention today's show brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every single game out there. It's not just football and basketball either. We got hockey in full swing and the NHL's back folks of uh, the world series for major league baseball in full swing Astros tied it up last night. Thanks to a, uh, um, a no hitter. I will be interested to know how they cheated their way into that. We also got MMA boxing and golf. And no matter what sport you're picking, Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. Everything from live betting to up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Ann, a little bit of roster news coming yeah. from the Predators yesterday. Uh, the Predators have put Kiefer Sherwood on waivers uh, of course he was the fun unexpected um opening night roster edition definitely you can't say he didn't earn his spot in training camp uh and then in had a had a very good debut game for the nashville predators scored the first goal of this season wound up having another point in that debut game but just hadn't been able to really do anything uh, of note since that opening series in Prague. Uh, and your thoughts on uh, the Kiefer Sherwood experiment ending? Um, a little bit disappointed, of course. Uh, I was huge on Sherwood after training camp. I mean, he was one of those ones where, you know, you'd glossed over his name when you got the training camp roster, and then you would show up at practice and you would frantically look like, who is this kid that's playing so well? Sherwood definitely earned his roster spot, his chance, a little bit frustrated. And this goes back to, you know, kind of what we talked about a little bit yesterday. Um, there, when the whole team is playing as poorly as they are, when you don't have your quote unquote regulars, your veterans performing as well as they need to be, there's just not space 
to invest in more of, um, you know, experimental right. roster spot. And so I, I hate to see it because I really think that Kiefer Sherwood, I think he's a really talented hockey player. I think he was not in a situation where the Predators could invest the time in finding his game, you know, and he was one of the ones in, in we, again, one of the things that, that the Predators are going through is this lineup changing, slotting someone in here, trying them in here, mid game. No, didn't like this guy, bump this guy down, bump this guy up. And Sherwood was definitely somebody who was on that ride when he wasn't a healthy scratch. So kind of feel like maybe it was not the NHL shot that he would have wanted. I think with some time in a different situation, you know, I would have liked to have seen what he could do. Understand why the predator, like, you know, you got to do something, but again, it goes back to the whole, you know, you've, you, you have to have your top line. You have to have your top players performing well before you can invest in players who may or may not need some time to develop in in, in with NHL minutes. So kind of sad about it. Not going to lie. I'm a little bit sad. Yeah. I get it. But I, I think I think it sells short what Sherwood could do. because, And I know a lot of people thought he was just one of those guys that's just throwing bodies around and this and that. But no, this kid has some talent. Yeah, I mean, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world uh, it when is. it comes to roster spots on the Nashville Predators right now and value playing time for the Nashville Predators right now in terms of some of those uh, younger guys. Uh, and, you know, the thing with Kiefer Sherwood is he was a fun story. Like, it was definitely mm -hmm. fun to, you know, watch him play. Um, and I kind of want to get that point across because, you know, when we're doing podcasts like these, we, you know, sometimes get into the thing of, you know, I would play this person over this person, right. you know, this maybe isn't the person I would have in there. And I don't want it to get lost in the fact that, you know, we're still fans of like mm -hmm. fun sports players and underdog stories. Like, we still think it's cool, like when Michael McCarron goes from basically kind of what looked like a you know, just a career AHLer to somebody who has earned a spot on a team, whether what, no matter how you think he plays or yeah. you know, what you think his game is like, it's still cool. Like you can still admit it's cool that this guy went from, you know, what looked like a career minor league player to like earning a full-time spot on an NHL roster. Like, I think that's pretty cool. And I yeah. think that's really cool for Key for sure. What a guy that I don't think any of us, uh, when training camp started, pegged him as ever mm -hmm. sniffing the NHL roster this year, winds up becoming a like a big piece of the Predators preseason and was the second line winger for what? Yeah. Games. So Six that was seconds. Fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, score the first goal of the year. That's something they're not going to be able to take away from him. And look, yeah. for Kiefer Sherwood, he goes back to the AHL uh, where he scored 75 points in 59 games last year. Mm -hmm. So it's not yeah. like, you know, this is it for him. He's got a chance to go back from Milwaukee and really help the Admirals make another run. And who knows, you know? <laughs> If there's anything we've learned from our conversations and the past couple of games, it's that who knows what, you know, future roster shakeups are going to look like. Kiefer Sherwood might have another shot. Like, yeah. who knows? Like, he may be a guy that the Preds bring back into the fold, you know, later in the season. You know, who knows? Injuries, all that good stuff. So, you know, 
let's not close the door on Kiefer Sherwood just yet, but I think in terms of the move itself, probably one we could have seen coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand it due to the circumstances under which the Predators are playing. Yeah. So I get it. Who, who, now let's talk about the real question here. Yeah. Let's, let's get to the real meat of this situation. Who should the Predators call up? Yeah, there's a couple of interesting names being thrown out there. Uh, of course, Sherwood going down seems to be conventional wisdom. The Preds are going to call somebody back up to take his step. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, why else would you just randomly wave a guy? So here's kind of the main people in Milwaukee uh, that are whose names are being thrown around. We have Phil Tomasino. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think that's the one a lot of people are hoping for. Uh, very hot start with the Admirals. Five goals in seven games. Also have two more assists. Uh, Yuso Parsonen, who got his first goal of the season last night, but has been doing a lot uh, to set up his teammates. He actually leads the Admirals with, or no, he is uh, one off the lead for the yeah. Admirals uh, behind John Leonard uh, with six assists. Uh, there is also Mark Jankowski who is the Admiral's leading scorer right now. Remember, he is a former NHL kind of grit journeyman, bottom line kind of guy. Uh, Preds brought him in for depth. Didn't really stand out a whole lot in preseason, but he has absolutely stood out in Milwaukee. Uh, nine points in seven games. And then to me, and kind of the wild card, we mentioned him a second ago, John Leonard. You know, seven assists. He is the guy that came over in that um, the Luke Cunning trade from San Jose, a guy with a lot of NHL experience, kind of on the third and fourth lines, kind of sort of fits that John Hines balls to the wall style of hockey. So those are, you know, four very intriguing names. I would assume it is going to be one of those four Mm -hmm. that be on the, uh, the Preds roster tonight. Yeah, and I think we need to dive in just just a titch more into these potential call-ups and who we think could get it. And also, I'm just curious what it might say about the Predators, to, you know, whose name gets called up. I think it's going to be interesting to see what it might say about John Hines and the Nashville Predators. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to explain that in just a second. But first, want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. Uh, For your second list of today, you need to check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories across all the leagues, you can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Check out Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ann, so let's dive in uh, to some of these potential call-ups. Tomasino, Yuso Parsonen, John Leonard, and Mark Jankowski seem like it's probably going to be one of those four. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a couple of people maybe saying Luke Evangelista as well just because he's off to a hot start, but I feel like the Preds want to keep him down in the AHL for a little bit longer just for a little extra seasoning. So among the four we've talked about, who do you want to see and yeah. who do you think would be the best fit right now? Um, I, I, who I want to see, I'm not sure. 
who I think the predators will call up. And, and probably I would say this is the one that I'm leaning the most to as far as being kind of a safer bet or a safe kind of move is Jankowski. Uh, for a couple of reasons, I think, like you said, this is somebody who's got 270-some NHL games under his belt. He's 27 years old. He is having a phenomenal start in Milwaukee, five goals, four assists. The other thing about Jankowski, he is offensively productive, but he's also, there is a lot of Mark Jankowski to love. This is a 6'2", 210-pound fella. And if John Hines is looking to stick with creating a line that has size and grit, but also with a little offensive shazam, um, I think Mark Jankowski is probably who the Predators are considering most. I would be the least surprised to hear his name. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Now. I will say this. I think it would be very interesting if they called up Tomasino right now. I would be a little bit surprised if they called up Tomasino right now. Would I like to? uh, Because I think if you call up Tomasino, there are two places you could play him, of course. You could play him on that second line with Nita Ryder and Johansson. Give him top six minutes. See what he can do. Or you could put him on the fourth line. If you put him on the fourth line, I feel like that's in essence saying, okay, well, the fourth line we're going to try a different identity for. I don't know if they're ready to to make to to call that. Like we've talked about it, you've talked about it. Why not make this fourth line Glass, Tolvanen, and Tomasino? It's not going to be the same line. It's not going to have the same identity as like a Smith, Sanford, McCarran fourth line. I just don't know that the the Predators are ready to go. Yeah, let's try something a little different down there. I don't know that they're there. Don't think they're ready? Have you seen the last eight games? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just saying I don't know if they're ready to go. You know what? We've got to try something a little different. I don't know that they're there. I think that if they call up Tomasino, that says something to me. It does. If they don't think they <laughs> don't need to do something different, if they think they're like, you know what, we're we're on the right track. <laughs> just need the right guy. Everybody right now. <laughs> like if that if that's really what they think, to their credit, I don't think they think that. Um, we'll see who they call up. Uh yeah. that might have some clue. Here's the thing. Um mm-hmm. it, it's Talking to some people, I mean, none of these four are going to be a surprise, but it would be like, it seems like at this point, Tomasino is on top of the list, just talking to some other Preds people. Um, and, and here's the, the reason for that. You know, at this, he's young, you want him to develop in the top six. And I think a lot of people are calling him up and being like, yeah, yeah, let's put him in the top six. Like, that's like, that's the big change. And they're admitting they were wrong. I just think it's more of a, uh, like a devil, you know, kind of situation because Phil Tomasino played pretty much the entirety of last year on the fourth line. And while he was on the fourth line, he outscored mm-hmm. two players that were on our second line, getting second <laughs> line minutes. And okay, I think it, we also almost outscored them too. <laughs> uh, fair. 
Um, but I think it's also kind of a situation where it's like, look, you know, it doesn't matter where we put Phil Tomasino. Like, he's got pop and he can produce. And I think, like, a lot of people are like, they're going to get, like, this big skill line together. They're going to get, like, something fast. I, I don't know. Maybe that's necessarily the case. I mean, you can easily put Phil Tomasino on a fourth line with Michael McCarron. And that's still some chemistry from last year because they played together last year. And it was Tomasino that actually helped boost McCarron's game. And I think mm -hmm. you can kind of do that as like a mix and match kind of thing. Maybe move some of this speed around the lineup. Would I love to see them call up and immediately put them either with Johansson and Niederreiter, who up until that first preseason game had a lot of great chemistry together in training camp. Uh, I would also love to see him next to Cody Glass. And again, create yes. this kind of more skilled line. That's what I would like to see. Mm -hmm. I think he's if he if it is Tomasino, it's going to be more of the just he's a faster player that's in there. Like John Hines, I think at this point, maybe looking more at individual players more than he is the, um, you know, let's let's shake up the line identity thing. I hope he's not, uh, because if he's not, he's wrong. Um, but I, I do think either way, I feel like you look at Phil Tomasino, you look at what he did last year as a 20 year old. And I think you have to say it doesn't matter where we put him at this point. Like he's going to be a boost. Like he's going to be a boost yeah. lineup. It doesn't matter if he's on the fourth line. Doesn't mean if he's on the second line. It's just some more spark in there. And then mm -hmm. you see how he does. And then you can go from there and maybe crafting uh, more, I guess, long term lines. I will yeah. say, Anne, uh, the thought of Yuso Parsonen. Oh, come it's on. It's also very exciting. Like, if I had my pick, if I really had a vote, I would 100% take you so person in. But here's the thing. I think it's the same situation with the Kiefer Sherwood. Where the Predators are right now in the season, where, where they're performing or underperforming, I don't know that they're going to be willing to risk putting in uh, a, a young player who maybe hasn't had the NHL experience, but Yuso Parsonen would be incredible because again, this is somebody who has that very smart playmaking mind. Oh, but he is just feisty as all get out. Like he has a bee in his bonnet when he is on the ice. So he really is an amazing combination of kind of those two ends of the spectrum that people are debating about, you know, a fourth line guy, you get both with you. So Parson in, but you don't get, you know, you don't bring with him NHL experience. So I don't know that they're going to do it, but I am with you hundred percent. There will be a party in the Kimmel house. If they would call up you. So Parson and put him in the lineup tonight, like we would have a legit shindig. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you heard Carl Taylor say it in his interview with Eric Denae, one of our good uh, on the forecheck friends, yeah. basically said he would be shocked if Yuso Parson spent the entire year in the AHL. He mm -hmm. thinks he is very close to being NHL ready and watching the preseason and, and watching all the camps. It's hard to argue against that. I mean, just yes. Yuso Parson is kind of this underrated gem who has both the body and kind of the skill set to play right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a perfect like, combination. He does seem like to be the most all around uh, NHL ready player, maybe a little bit more so than Phil Tomasino, to be honest. But 
Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the Predators do tonight. Uh, there's going to be a lot of options. Re- remember, they are at 22 players, so they yes. don't necessarily have to call up anybody. They could just roll with the players they have right now and figure it out a little bit later. That's not out of the realm of possibility either. Who would they put on the second line? Like, like, who do you think is going to be a second, the second line guy if they go with, you know, Duchesne, Forsberg, Granlin, top line, Nita Ryder, Johansson, fill in the blank for me there. Fill in the blank, Nick. Who's going to be on the second line? It's, it's got to be Cole Smith. <laughs> it's, and, who yeah. else? Who else right now? Like, he's the only and, one that's been moved up the lineup. Yep. And here's what I will say for all of the people on social media that are typing Cole Smith with fire coming out their mouth. I get it. Like, I get it. But look, dude is showing up. And and this whole notion that Cole Smith is the absolute most abysmal thing happening on the ice for the Nashville Predators right now is laughable. So you know what? Put Cole Smith up there I, if I you like, want. I like Cole Smith. I like, do too. Out of the way, I like Cole Smith. I just yep. I just wish uh, somebody like Cody Glass would have like the same would generate the same twinkle in the eye of John Hines yes. as Cole Smith does. Yes. That's all I, I agree with. I actually that. really like Cole Smith. I do I too. I really like his game. Yep. I, I just I, I just I just wish other players had that yes. same sort of Cole Smith charm over yes. some of these predators front office people. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I agree with that. I like Cole Smith. I Cole Smith is not the problem here, y'all. Yeah. When we're done sitting down, Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlund, who, by the way, if the Predators are going to win tonight against Calgary, those three players are going to have to be the ones to get, to get it done. It is not going to be on Cole Smith. It is not going to be on whoever they call up from Milwaukee. It is not going to be on Cody Glass, y'all. It is on Forsberg, Duchesne, and Mikhail Granlund with a side hustle of Roman Yossi. Yeah. Sean Smith said it best on Twitter yesterday. He's like, friendly reminder this Kiefer Sherwood thing doesn't solve Nashville's problems. They got to have a big game from their big guns tonight. Uh, it is a eight o'clock puck drop yet again. We will be back here tomorrow to break it all down for you. Let's dear God, hope that we have some happy hockey to talk about this time tomorrow, because I feel angry and negative all the time whenever we go down mm-hmm. five to one in the first 24 minutes of a game uh so yeah one way you can uh watch that with us is by subscribing in whatever podcast platform you're listening to make sure you hit the subscribe button and if you want rate us give us five stars leave a comment on the channel if you're watching this on youtube be sure to hit the bell notification that way you will always be the first to know Uh, when we put out new content also leave a comment there as well let us know what you think the Preds should do with that now open roster spot who knows maybe there's uh, somebody else on the waiver wire or a trade to be made who knows lots of possibilities up there yeah i didn't mean to start an entire new episode uh, (laughs) in our runtime but there we go Uh, but yeah just let us know your thoughts on the roster we will love to hear from you and where can the people find your work? 
You can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with Flames Preds recap. We'll see you then.